Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, yo. Hi. So we are Gray Awakenings here. This is Hannah Gray speaking. My pronouns are she and they. Or actually, I'm going to change it to they slash she just to hey. switch it up. Um, and my fun fact of the day, uh, I have a few. I'm freshly off of coming back from the trans wellness conference in philadelphia and i'm pumped whoop, whoop. and my name is adrian gray my pronouns are he him and my fun fact for the day is my first tattoo is a giant crane on my left side thought you're gonna say your left butt cheek even though i know it doesn't exist <laughs> i just like sort of wanted it to uh, I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that I recently discovered Lizzo, and now I am obsessed. Lizzo is amazing. <laughs> did you watch it's a problem? Did you watch Lizzo's um, tiny desk concert? It, Mike actually just sent it to my like he like you will whatever. Die. We need to listen Facebook to it after feed, this podcast and then, episode. Well, I watched like two minutes of it, and then I was like, ooh, I should focus on what I'm doing because <laughs> yeah. I think I was cooking. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm Arcade Bosco. I go by he, him pronouns. And I suppose my fun fact, if if it's really fun, I'm wearing everything thrifted today. That is and definitely that is, fun. It's, it's very, it's a commonality for me, but. That's <laughs> awesome. Also, shout out to Arcade for making our art for our podcast. Like, yes, thank you. Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> no, it's no problem. I, uh, it's amazing. And you should definitely put a comment for this episode and let us know how much you love their art or his art oh my gosh i'm i literally woke up at five today what time do you wake up i woke up at 4 a.m ew we don't have to tell everyone's but i'm just like Um, i i need to butt in and say that i had a healthy amount of sleep last night good i'm jealous I had nightmares all night, so Aww. I don't know when I woke up because I just woke up all the time. Oh no! <laughs> so we're all, we're all having like, a kind of rough barcades. Like I'm fun, I'm fun. Um, so we're gonna talk about a lot of different things today, and I'm really excited about it. But we're really gonna talk about sex to start with, and then kind of develop it from there, and like just have a lot of fun. I don't know. I definitely have the intention of talking about some trans stuff because Hell if you yeah, can't always. tell by my voice, I am a trans. Uh, a trans. A singular a, trans. A transgendered. <laughs> just one. Just, yeah, I was going to say just one. There's <laughs> only one. You can you can only have one. Can we have like transes? No, I'm just kidding. Tra- trans I. Multiple, multiple. Which means we have trans? two. Which we do have two transes <laughs> here. All the trans. <laughs> yes, I am a trans, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about queer sex. We're going to be talking about um, sex being trans. We're going to be talking about all that stuff because we never hear about this shit. We only hear about straight cis, cis sex, which is all fine and dandy. You all go do it. But not everyone is straight and cis. And we all need sex talk, too. So Sex education should be accessible for anyone in the first it place. Be so Literally. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. My life. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. So do we want kinda wanna start the conversation around like what makes sex good and what doesn't make sex good? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fine. <laughs> Enthusiastic yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um what do you think like does make sex good? Like what do you need to have good sex? Communication. Consent? Well, yeah. Truth. 
we're not talking about like non-consensual oh yeah sex is never (laughs) (laughs) non-consensual hey god let me like i feel like it's a given if we're speaking about it it is consensual yeah like sex there's literally no way to have sex that's not consensual because that's not sex that is rape you know like that's not actually sex right i would argue that it's a form of sex but like but just because it's the act yeah but rape is the act yeah so like I understand. I just think I find kind of like it's harmful using the word sex for it. Just and I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying like I call me out though. (laughs) But call me out. Like I I I used to call it non consexual sex. Consensual. I keep saying consexual. (laughs) I can't stop saying sex. So um (laughs) non consensual sex, I used to say it all the time and like just recently I've been kind of thinking about it. I keep hearing people talk about it, like how no, that's not sex. Like it's not sex. And you read like articles and it's like oh like 50 year old man had sex with a 14 year old girl and I'm like that's not sex like why are we calling this sex you're normalizing that sex is normalized quote unquote and then you're like writing about oh that's sex it's not it's it's rape it feels like it feels like such a technicality like it's just a synonym I mean like (laughs) there are a lot of synonyms out there that you can use but in the end it's still rape and I feel like right, people right. are, like, afraid to say rape. And, like, honestly, as, like, a survivor, rape is, like, a dagger in my soul, like, hearing that word. But, like, at the same time, like, if we keep calling it sex and having that word in there, it's never going to go away. And, like, we have to call it out for what it is. I don't know. And that's just my opinion. But No, like, like I super appreciate you bringing that up because I always use the – I not I don't always use the term, but I use the term non-consensual more often than I use rape because I know how triggering rape can be and I never really thought of it as like normalizing it as sex and not normalizing it as a violent act which rape is yeah and I didn't I didn't realize the connection either and then I started like picking up on it and I was like oh my god this is bad like we need to start like and language is so important super when it comes to like dismantling institutions and like changing anything you have to you have focus to change on your language, language around yeah it. you need to okay. change your language around it in order to i guess fully understand it yeah and have other people fully understand it exactly for sure um so communication huge and you need to communication to co- consent um your needs first are like that's a need for sex what other things do we think Honestly, I think safety. Safety is definitely, I mean, <laughs> okay. safety is definitely, You're like, <laughs> well, safety is definitely important in the equation of sex because it's like if you're in an unsafe situation, then you're not having good communication with someone. And I think I think I think in general, everything circles around communication, no matter what, because you need communication in order to be safe. You need communication in order to receive pleasure. I mean, you need communication in order to consent as well, because it's like if you can't communicate with the person, how are you really going to know that they're consenting to it if you can't hear word for word that this is something they want? Mm-hmm. And even even when it comes to like things like BDSM and the kink community, that's what I was gonna say. Like yes. as a kinkster, like I safety is like a number one priority for me. Can, like can when I I'm choosing say, someone to have sex with, I love yes. that you raised your hand. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she like lunged forward. 
You're like, me, oh, me, me, Pick that's me, me that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was like, I was like, okay, when can I, I just want to talk. <laughs> but, but yeah, like safe, safety is super important. And like glad that you brought up like BDSM and kink in general, because um, safety is one of those things that often gets like thrown out. Like it's not as overlooked. Imp- yeah. Yeah. Overlooked for sure. But also like, at least with the, some of the people that I've talked to <laughs> about uh, like engaging in any sort of sexual activity, it's been like, what does it matter if you trust me? And it's like, no, 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 no. This is part of it. Like trust is definitely an integral part of like feeling safe, but um, like super important in like kink and BDSM. I do feel like two people kind of like only – they simplify it and they're like, oh, we have a safe word. But no, you need like contracts and all these different things. And I don't want to get too much into like BDSM and stuff because we're having right. a whole podcast about that. Yeah, we're going to do it. Um, so it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I feel like it's so simplified. It's like, oh, we're safe now. We have a safety word. I'm like, mm, there needs to be more to the equation, you know. But uh, like, OK, well, yeah, right. we can talk about safe words. Like, like they're super important. Um, but. But that doesn't imply safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I I was going to say something, but I feel like it's like too in-depth and I think we need to save it for kink. So. TBT. Is that the word? Oh, okay. Yeah. To yeah. be continued. Yeah. TBT. Did you say TBT and then say to be continued? Oh! I'm telling you all, I'm having a rough day i heard cbt <laughs> and i thought that we were about to start a whole new conversation about cock and ball torture oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is going off to a great start okay also, well in 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 the in the spirit of safety well i do actually kind of want to like transition real fast but like get back to this yes, I um will. we never explained like who you are arcade and how oh. we know you <laughs> besides that you did the art you did the art um so do you want to tell us a little bit more about you real quick I know this is like a weird transition, but I'm like, wait a minute. Arcade's just here and like said their, his name and then like, that's it. <laughs> we, we jumped into the meat of the conversation. We're like, let's go, go, go. We were just like, hey, it's me. It's me. It's me. Let's talk about rape. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Well, hi, I'm I'm Arcade, as aforementioned. Um, <laughs> I work at the- I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I needed to get that on. I mean, it's honest. <laughs> that is what we did. It's true. It's true. Like here, let me serve it to you on a platter. Like, <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah. We need to change the language around it. We, we were saying earlier. <laughs> we, we do. Okay. We're just very passionate. Yeah, we're we're very we're all very passionate people. I'm I'm a I'm a Scorpio. So, um, you too. <laughs> and we're both Libras. Say? We're both Libras. Oh, I'm I'm a November baby. Oh, okay. But anyways, <laughs> two Scorpios on one side of the room and two Libras on this side of the room. Ooh, I, I don't I don't know how this this is a clear divide here. We are we're going to have an interesting podcast. I don't know. We've gotten along with you guys pretty well so far. For now. OK, can you just tell us about yourself? <laughs> we just had to stare at each other. OK, anyways, back on topic. Hi, I'm Arcade Bosco. I am a baker. I am I. I I would say that I'm a cartoonist, but it sounds like a little too self-important. I draw cartoons. I like to draw sexy dragon ladies. And, and he's a really people. good artist. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> Truth. No, stop. Get get out. So of now here. we like kind of know you a little bit better. So you're an artist I'm, and I'm, 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 you're I'm, like, a baker. We cream. bake together at the Redfern in Rochester, New York. That's how yeah. we know each other. That's, the, yeah, that's um, how we met. Oh, we did get along for like the first. Like, we really didn't get along for like the first majority of it. And then up I until went to her, recently. Yeah, I went to her wedding and then like it wasn't even like we disliked each other. No, I didn't, no. Did, I didn't just like you in any no, way. We just kind of like butt heads a lot. Yeah, we really did. Like, I'm I'm pretty weird. certain that I actually headbutted you on multiple occasions. Really? Yeah, you were like on the floor. What? Yeah, you don't remember. No. I'm sorry. I'm gaslighting I'm like, you. Oh, my what? God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember this. You must knock me out. But yeah, it's kind of weird. We we're just like. We, like, needed boundaries, but we're good now. Yeah, like, no, literally, like, fine. three years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, t- it took enough time, but. It's fine. But, okay, what else do we need for good sex? We need vulnerability. You need to be vulnerable um, to share your body with someone or multiple people. That's a thing. Absolutely. Um, pleasure. Given. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's a given. If you're not being if you're not having any sort of emotional pleasure or like physical pleasure while having sex, are you really having sex? And like even defining sex, like I feel like that's hard. So like do you want to talk about defining sex? And how that I happens? mean not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's hard. such a hard topic. I, I mean cuz cuz sex, I remember um and I feel like I'm always the person that's like, I saw something on the internet and I <laughs> like related to it. But um, there was this uh, something that someone shared about how when they spoke to their daughter about losing their virginity, like air quotes, super air quotes on this one. They were like, uh, her their daughter asked, when did you have sex, mom? And the mom was like, well, I was... 11 when I first made out with someone that was sex for me because it was heavy petting and then I was 13 when I first had oral sex and then I was 16 when I first had vaginal sex like these are the steps and so we I had sex all along the way so like sex is anything that is like super intimate and it's defined by you like if you feel like it's not sex then it's okay if it's not a lot of people tend to define sex as something penetrative, like you need yes. fingers involved or a penis involved or like really a anything, a toy. Yeah. yeah, but that's really just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to it. And Literally it the tip. I had to, sorry. Dad jokes aside. I understand. I understand. Um, <laughs> but um, it really is just the very beginning of the conversation is penetration. But like, there's so much more to it than that. And our biggest or- organ, I almost said orgasm. <laughs> um, <laughs> our biggest organ is our skin. So it's like, even like literally sex and intimacy are just so more, so much more than just penetration. And it's very dated to think sex is just penetration. I feel like a lot of people don't really view skin as like an important part but it's a lot of texture it's a lot of like textile stimulation like hands on a body hands on a back massaging like that doesn't necessarily need to be a part of your sex routine but I mean you got to touch someone in order to do something with them so true I feel like people who are like no skin's not a part of it have never been to like a middle school dance where you're bumping and grinding. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I also low. just want to point get out, low, right? Ludacris comes on, and I'm like, what? AKA our wedding. Right. Our wedding was a throwback to a fifth grade tennis court dance, which was great. Loved it. Um, I also want to point out that you can have sex with just yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, there's actually, there's individual sex and then there's uh, relational sex. So there's two yes. different categories and um, it's important to nurture both categories. So, um, and I do like, I mean, obviously individual sex would be like masturbation and even just touching your body, even honestly, like putting lotion, like lotioning your body and your skin it can be and so sensual yeah and like just taking care of yourself you and know? as you said earlier it's really whatever you choose to define it as yes. so if you feel like you've had sex with yourself by putting on lotion like be my guest yeah there's nothing wrong with that and like i do think i think the main point that we're trying to get across for our listeners is sex is what you define it as um and it's not what society define it defines it as and it's really hard to grasp that and i'm still working on that because it's fucking hard like literally society tells us all these different things all these expectations all these pressures and even like someone in like the gender non-conforming and queer community who like literally there's no sexual scripts for us because like people just decide to pretend like we don't exist so they're like oh you don't have sex and if you do that's weird that's deviant whatever so like even like all four of us are part of these communities and like I'm sure all of us feel the pressure to perform in ways that society expects us to so it's like it's such a difficult conversation but Sorry, no, <laughs> I got my soapbox. You're good. Go, go get that wind. Well, um, I wanted to like kind of talk about like pleasure being a need for sex and how we didn't bring up orgasm. Um, orgasm is not something you need during sex. And literally pleasure is and like I think kind of what we need to transition into in society and individually is viewing sex as allowing either pleasure you to give yourself pleasure or you to have pleasure with another person or multiple people at the same time so it's literally all about pleasure not that high expectation of having that orgasm or in the movies where they orgasm at the same time oh my god that almost never happens in real life unless you like coordinate it but some people can be going for 45 minutes and i'll be done in three and it's exactly (laughs) you're like that's false (laughs) like never gonna happen so it's like this idea of taking away that pressure and just literally relaxing in your goddamn body can you imagine that like let's just picture that revolutionary you said that and i was like i got chills literally yeah no i felt it if my nipples could get hard they would get hard (laughs) if so like literally just sit here and think about that for a second when was the last time that you fully relaxed in your body whether that be taking a nice bath, whether that be just laying down or just whatever, you know, like, have you actually relaxed in your body or have you had maybe you were having sex and you felt you're like, I don't know. I feel like it's all the time. Like sometimes I have to check myself because literally I'm just like tightening my chest. I'm tight. Like my shoulders are kind of caved in. Like I'm making myself so small. I'm like my anxiety is just bringing me in. Are you talking about during sex or just generally? Any, any time, you know? No, I feel that. I definitely feel that. 
I've had moments where I'm just like on my computer scrolling Twitter the huge, but then <laughs> I'll just notice, hey, I think I'm anxious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I've noticed that my foot's tapping or like, as you said, like I'm sunken in a little. Sometimes you just need to take a breath and let yourself sit back. Yeah. And I think if we're kind of being like revolutionary and we're like, cool, sex equals pleasure, then me eating a carton of chocolate ice cream all myself, that's sex. I'm having sex right now. Okay. Some you know? people would say that's even better than sex. Yeah. True. Okay. Isn't there a brand of ice cream called Probably better than sex? <laughs> or no, that's a, that's an eye. That's a mascara, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is that's mascara. totally a mascara. We should probably not eat yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat mascara. Don't eat mascara. I don't PSA. know why my brain immediately went to like, I can't believe that's not butter. <laughs> Better oh than gosh. sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. is, is it a butter brand? Um. So do you all have any or any like feedback about this like pleasure versus orgasm sex? Like, what do you all think? What is your like experience of Ben and stuff? I cannot make sentences. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think you're doing really great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, it sounds, mm, I don't even like to admit it, but like I recently, um, like within the last like two or three years, came to like the, oh, you don't have to, uh, I'm sorry, men don't have to have an orgasm for it to be sex. Like, I, it was a... Uh, shocker <laughs> for me because like honestly the sex position shocker or no i'm just kidding i'm, I'm totally kidding i'm sorry I had to. it's the sex episode i have to all my sex jokes are coming out it's fine do it um, are you talking like men in general or like are you cis men oh okay so, so just like people with penises yeah so okay. like fun fact i've never actually had like real queer sex like i've never had sex with a person with a vulva i've never had I want to challenge you on this. Go ahead, please. Because if you identify as queer, you're having queer fucking sex. All the time. But. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. But like. I know what you mean. Like the internalized. Yes. Feeling. Yes. Um, so for me, it has always been like penises. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But it was like two or three years ago that I was having sex and my partner didn't have an orgasm and they were like it's okay and i was like what no you can't we can't we need to do the thing again because we didn't do you didn't do the thing (laughs) you didn't have an orgasm all we ever see in like pornos and sex ends when a man orgasms that is the script like for for straight sex all the time And something that I was thinking about was just the fact that oftentimes you might find yourself like taking turns Mm -hmm. like because you're never going to orgasm at the same time like in the movies. But if you can take turns with your partner, that's great. If one of you doesn't come, that's great. Like it's not a necessity to have an intimate and like rejuvenating time with someone. Yeah. And I feel like you can have an intimate and rejuvenating um, situation with someone without orgasm, you know? Absolutely. And I feel like that pressure of orgasm is why a lot of people, that's why a lot of people, like, um, they steer away from having sex. They stay abstinent or they... um, they shut down you know or even they feel so anxious and shamed about what they're doing in the bedroom that they're 
not relaxing enough to even be able to achieve orgasm or they're over like literally like they're you're and like I feel like so many people are going to relate to this right now because like you put so much pressure on yourself orgasming and making your partner orgasm or your partner's orgasm and like that's all your focus is the entire time so your body's tensing because you're freaking the fuck out and then like you're worrying about everyone else and then you kind of forget about yourself and then you're panicking and sex is about relaxation and intimacy and touch and pleasure not a goddamn orgasm sometimes you just gotta let it happen you just got to enjoy yourself. You just got to enjoy the situation that you're in. When and you just let loose take a breath. and just you like relaxing your body and you feel pressure or pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, pressure. pressure. When yeah, you pressure. feel pleasure and pressure from the body of your partner. <laughs> I turned it around. You probably will have a higher chance of orgasm. And like, even if you can't orgasm, you've struggled with orgasm around um, sex. That doesn't mean you're broken. Too. Like there's no system of how fit your body is in a certain box for sex. I've known I've known a lot of people that have struggled to orgasm. I've had like relations with people in the past that have struggled to orgasm. And I feel like a lot of people specifically, not to at them, but cis men, uh, they often feel like they need to orgasm or like they need to make this person orgasm just like oh you have trouble orgasming well let me fix that yeah and it's like it's like this conquer like I'm gonna conquer you by making you orgasm like I'm gonna I'm gonna take control of that this situation and make you come like or that your partner's like worth is based on whether or not you can make your partner orgasm which is like ridiculous and it almost becomes like at that point like i almost view it as this person becoming possessive like it's like this possession in order to like i'm the only person that can make you come you're mine like this is yeah yeah and you even see this with people who like won't let their partners have toys and they won't let their partners like masturbate and stuff like oh i'm not good enough i'm not something enough for you you're gonna replace me yeah like wait are you watching porn with other men (laughs) yeah i mean we can have a whole i think we should have a whole episode about porn honestly so like i feel i mean obviously for our listeners here this is not gonna be our first episode about sex we're just tipping the iceberg like you said (laughs) so this is just the tip um of a long 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 conversation that we're gonna continue to have over time and all things considered hannah every single time that i have a shift with you we're always talking about anal like, I don't know why. It's just We're such a topic. We're having a whole topic. episode on anal sex. Okay, am I yeah. going to be there for the anal if episode? You, if you want to be. <laughs> is your anus up to it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my butthole is so ready right now. I'm screaming. <laughs> I hope we don't lose followers because of this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, sorry everyone for the inclusion of me. I'm just gonna. No, hope I'm that saying by all of us. <laughs> I'm, I hope that they just bleep me out through the entire thing. Like it's silent when I'm talking. <laughs> they just like edit me out. No, I would like the bleeps better. <laughs> beep, 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 we also beep. don't care that much. No, we don't care. <laughs> at all. This is all. Edit. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> way too much. Editing credit. is too hard. Um, so yeah, I think like this conversation is so important. Um, and I know you kind of just shared kind of these expectations of like like feeling like that cis man has to come and like 
in order for it to be like, oh, the sex is it's done. You know, like that's like that that's final the ending. end. <laughs> and you know. wait for the end, you know, and like have that pressure on it. Arcade, what's your experience or like with some pressures from society? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> only some. I've got a laundry list. It's rolling out on the floor. It, oh, it just hit the wall and it's bouncing <laughs> off and going still. I love the imagery. (laughs) You're telling a story right now. Go for it. I mean, I've, in my personal experience, as someone who has sexual trauma, there's been a lot of pressure on me to be the one who provides an orgasm to someone else. And that is the trauma. (laughs) Mm, I relate to this. It's, It's like, not to get too heavy, too deep, too fast... Oh, I, think we I mean, okay. by by all means, <laughs> no, no offense, but we that's that is what to do he this said. Right now. <laughs> um, it's I've definitely been in the position of being the provider. Like I am just a means to an end, and the end is an orgasm. And I know that that can be pretty hefty. I see Hannah like I'm like relating to this so hard. Blinking right now. each eye individually in pain. <laughs> like it's it's always ever since I was young, like far too young to be going through anything like this. It's definitely been a point of me being someone else's means. And you're someone else's sex toy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then this this wasn't even like one time either. So, of course, that sort of thing builds up in you. And if you've had any sort of sexual trauma or experience of being a means to someone else's end, it's I find it very difficult to break yourself out of that. What's the word I'm thinking of? That narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that conditioned thinking. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Yep, still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a process. Recovery is a constant process. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share, or do you want us to come back to you? I suppose you can come back to me. I'll I'll okay. gather my thoughts a bit more. Okay, that was hard. I thank you for sharing that. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> I've gone through years and of therapy. <laughs> yeah, same. I actually kind of want to um go next if that's okay. Sure. And I kind of want to play off of that. Um, something that I struggle with is feeling like I owe people sex. Oh, absolutely. And um, yeah, like you're going to you're going to do the same thing I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I have some things to say uh, about that one. And like and like it's a, your duty and um like you there's all this pressure and expectation to perform a certain way, to do certain things for them and only them and like you're not part of it. And and unfortunately that was derived from multiple experiences of trauma in my life Mm -hmm. and like it just like kept continuing to happen so I was like oh this is sex like you know so like that's what you learn from a young age and then you're like shit okay that means I have to do something for someone you know have have you ever personally felt and don't feel free to not answer if you're uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) but have you ever personally felt that if you can't provide with sex, you aren't worth much. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's a constant thing for Definitely. me. And I've had people leave me, like partners leave me because I was absent at the time for my personal healing. And 
I wouldn't put out for them and they left me because of that and multiple people have left me because of that so that was that was more evidence to me to say wow okay that's my only duty you know and if I don't perform people are going to leave me absolutely so and I, I understand that a lot of people they have their their own prerequisites for a relationship that may or may not involve sex and that's okay you communicate this with your partner but I I don't really <laughs> I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't really feel like it's love if you can't understand that your partner needs a break yeah. or can't do it. Yeah. Like people out there are asexual. And if you get into a con- like a relationship with someone who is asexual or just is sex repulsed or is like not feeling it, like mm-hmm. you don't need to necessarily be asexual, <laughs> but just the, the concept still stands. If you can't yeah. understand that, you don't love this person. Yeah. I do also want to note that some asexual people do have sex still, mm-hmm. um, but it's yeah. on their own terms, just like everyone else is having sex, you know? So that's a good point. Um, I also want to note that as a person that has not experienced like sexual trauma, um, that I relate to this so much too, mm-hmm. that like there's still a lot of like, it's your duty and your worth is tied to whether or not you have sex and your worth is tied to whether or not you can provide orgasm and whether or not you are this person that your partner fantasizes I about. I know why. Go ahead. I know the answer. Correct <laughs> the code. It's because we exist in a rape culture. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> literally, it's so normalized that it's literally ingrained in all the sexual scripts. Um, that's why the sexual scripts that do exist are toxic and they are actually trauma. Like Everything literally. that we know about sex, we need to unlearn. Yes. And it's crazy because so much is so deeply ingrained, so deeply rooted in, as you said, rape culture, because that has been a part of our life, our entire life. It's impacted our parents. It's impacted their parents. It's impacted people before and before and before. And it's not going and to rape stop. Rape culture has always existed exactly. and institutions and, surrounding us like the education system um healthcare, um literally every the institution military industry. government all these different things are perpetuating rape culture and we can end the rape culture but it would take a shit ton of people to actually give a shit absolutely it, it is it is a group effort it's definitely not something that one one or ten people can do or even a hundred thousand yeah i actually wrote an essay about this in college so i'm like (laughs) i got the backlog like ten pages of this shit if you want to read it (laughs) fun fact of the day um i actually wrote every single paper in college for the most part maybe not a few in every subject i took about rape every single one it's a very important topic and of course i was like i need to crack the code it (laughs) impacts It impacts you personally, so I totally understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one of many of my my things. I want to hear from Adrian. Um, I mean, I've I've definitely been in um multiple different situations where pressure has been there to perform. Um, but I don't know if it was the way my mom talked to me about sex or if it's always been kind of like my outward outlook on sex. Um, But I've always kind of like viewed sex as being like this thing that's like a very spiritual connection. I may um, 
I may connect with this person at this time during this sexual experience, but I can gauge whether or not it is for them. And if it's not, then I know it's toxic and therefore I would end it. But even though I've been in those situations, I think I've just kind of like always been in this um, constant moving forward. And so like I put that behind me and then I move forward and I know that, you know, I can still have a fulfilling, loving connection with someone else. It's it's more of the pressures that I feel within the sex is uh, certain situations that I've been in before. Like if I am touched a certain way, if um, like if I'm drunk, I, you know, like things that were traumatic to me in those experiences. If those things happen, then yes, I'm not open to sex. But I don't know. I I guess I just like don't feel as though there's a lot of pressure around sex for me that's awesome that's really fantastic i've always been i've always been very envious of that (laughs) and i'm learning every day yeah i know even like as as someone who has sexual trauma it's very hard to kind of work past that yeah and i and i know adrian has had like sexual trauma so like to see how far he's come and like in general like even with that trauma you've been able to work through it and be like sex is not bad sex does not equal bad because of this i think that's something to always aspire to be like especially with you it's a long journey (laughs) yeah no it sure is i've been working on it many years just this is, this is probably going to sound a little weird. Uh, the whole thing's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about how, like, sex is kind of like a spiritual thing for, for you. And yeah. it's like, um, like I said, this is going to be weird. But, like, we were, when we were at the holiday party um, at the barn. And, yeah. For oh, work. yes, yes. And it was the end of the night. And you were giving lap dances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> And it was, it was so... I know, Adrian is the best at lap dances, but I refuse to let him give me one. I've never gotten a lap dance from him. The best! I I just say, go do it to all these other people. (laughs) Which is great. Like, and there was just, and I know that, like, you'd been drinking, but there was still, like, such a freedom there, and you were so, like, when we danced, there was... it was three seconds, five seconds max. Yeah. And it was like connection. And then when yeah. I was watching you like dance with other people or give lamp dances to other people, there was like real connection there. And like, so yeah. I can see how like sex is or just sexual things are spiritual for you. And that's sure. beautiful. Yeah. And, and that's, that's always kind of like how my mindset has been, but like with dancing, like that's a whole different like connection than like what sex is because like the, for sure. The lap dances and stuff like a lot of people might view that as something being very sexual and all that other stuff. And and yes, it is because it. But it's sexy and fun more it, than yeah. like sensual. It's, it's a freedom of moving my body in a way that feels good to me. It's how, it's how people say burlesque is inherently sexual because it is a sexualized thing. But it doesn't necessarily need to be. It's more right. for yourself than it is for other people, for a lot of folks. Yeah. 
And I feel like, I mean, not to get too personal, but like the that's, sex. That's what we're doing. You know, like <laughs> in general, I've never been with a partner like as I've never been so connected to a partner sexually than Adrian. Um, so like I definitely like as someone who has had sex with Adrian, it's great. <laughs> I can clap if you'd like me to. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do want to like, I mean, be vulnerable. Are you okay with yeah. us being vulnerable? Like. We don't have sex a lot at all, like maybe a few times a year. And a lot of people are probably going to be shocked hearing that. Um, but it's all my fault. I'm just kidding. I can't say that. When anymore. the mood strikes, <laughs> it strikes. No, it's it's because of me. Like, I, and I don't want to be here. Like, you know, and but I know. Like, stop that blame game. I know. Right I now. need to work on that. But it really, honestly, it is kind of both of us. It, yeah, it's definitely like both of us because, like, there's times where, like, more often than not, like lately, within I would say what the past year, year and a half, two years, I don't know. Like, <laughs> w- we've been on that. Like, Hannah will be really high, but I'll be r- super low, and like I'll have as far as your drive, your sex drive, sex drive, or like emotional um, levels, just like mental health uh, everything i like life in general hannah will be on this high and i'll be on a low and then i'll go on a high and hannah will be on a low so like we're we're constantly on this intertwining and we never have like this meeting point yo i don't know if any of y'all are on antidepressants but antidepressants killed my dick it was like (laughs) like i don't even want to think about it being there like Mm -hmm. i some days i'm just so like out of it i'm so low and some days i'll go for like four or five times in a day <laughs> but I, I i understand that with like not not meeting up at the same time yeah. like you don't have a convergence well point. like it's interesting too because like seeing the breakdown of sex like there's individual and there there's like relational my individual is on point <laughs> like i have i could do that every day of my life and i do and unless adrian's home um like all these different things. and if he was home and he was okay with it fine i'm sure he would be but i never asked um <laughs> this is going on a dash. Is it so all it's coming like my out, individual, Hannah? awesome. Like I, and like that's healed me a lot through my trauma is being able to reclaim my body for myself. And then like my relationship relational is like non-existent because I've scared myself into this little hole. And like I, I my subconscious mind tells me all these scary things and it's literally the anticipation into sex scares me if we could just skip and just be like having sex and like don't have to worry about that like anticipation I would be fine but it's the anticipation right when it starts I'm like all my brain is like oh he just wants you for sex and I know like Adrian is literally an angel like literally an angel I know none of this is true but because of my trauma this is what my my body is telling me it's that broken brain babe yeah so it's like oh he only wants me for sex. Um, sex is love to him. I I'm I need to do I need to make him calm. Like I need to make sure you know like it's all what these I'm things. here for. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I am. I'm just, I am here to just here to perform him. for this other person. Yes, I totally understand that because I mean, look at Adrian. Just 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 look at him. He wouldn't <laughs> hurt a fly. So it's like it's of course he doesn't have those sorts of intentions, and I. I won't go too far into my my sexuality, like in terms of my my partner, because I do have a fiance. We are in a committed <laughs> relationship, um, but just without saying too much, I have definitely had points in time where I find myself 
triggering myself in the anticipation for sex or when sex has been declined, it's like I feel like I fucked up. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't want me for sex, what are what am I here for? Like, yeah. what what am I going to do for you? Am I even good? Do you want me? Like, and it's it's not anything against him. It's entirely my own brain, like, on fire. Yeah. And it's just, like, firing everywhere. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of curious, like, in the sense of, because, like, I know, like, from my sexual trauma into my transition, like, a lot of my mindset kind of, like, changed around my trauma. Um, how do you feel as though your transness has shaped around your trauma and with sex oh that's that's a that's a good one i as someone who used to be pretty feminine i have gone through the experience of at a very young age being hit on a lot Mm -hmm. by strangers by friends i'd have like experiences with friends like i'd like Handies abound for pals. It's, yeah. <laughs> Hannah just made a, a real gesture that hit I me was doing it. I was right home. I was making fun of Adrian because he was like, <gasps> like on accident. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, was like trying to tell Amanda. <laughs> it looked like she was giving an air blow job. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that too, Hannah. I didn't need to be explicit, but. <laughs> but. Uh, after being seen as like a very traditionally attractive girl, like thinner, long hair, I had like I was I was a scene kid. So of course I got that crowd after me, but after cutting my hair and starting to go by a different name and actually accepting myself for who I was and am, that isn't like entirely stopped. Like, everyone, I don't get compliments, like, ever. Like, no one is ever just, like, whistling at me on the street. Like, I'd be walking home from school when I was before transition, and people would be whistling at me. I feel like... <laughs> Adrian just like itched that's his chin with the mic, I'm just saying. Yeah. So if you heard <laughs> that, okay. it was Adrian itching his beard with the mic. Because he apparently keeps forgetting that there's a microphone. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I feel like that's a thing that, like, a lot of, like, little girls... Ew. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, like, something that like a lot of little girls have like experienced and it's completely gross and disgusting yeah. and like um like I feel really bad that we all have to do that and go through go through yeah. it because we don't we don't have to, we just happen to because of this rape culture that we live in. But like um can I ask when did you start your transition? Because it did that like affect, uh, oh uh, yeah. Just when did you start? So I started my transition officially about like six years ago or so. Um, not not like taking tea. I hadn't gotten top surgery. N- nothing had really been done physically about it, other than cutting my hair and like starting the social transition. I started going by. A different name I started like socializing myself a bit differently less femininely and my trauma had happened all throughout this somewhat like I uh, it, it started when I was very very young and it continued as I grew and kind of stopped 
as I started really transitioning. Got it. So then were you like, what stage you're like, were you still in high school? Were you post high school? When I started transitioning? Yeah. Um, I started transitioning post high school. I started transitioning after I had moved out of the entire, the trauma zone for me. Like, like I had moved out of the state that I had experienced trauma in. Oh, you just love the whole state. Good for you. <laughs> like, <holy shit. laughs> I, so then, so then you, you would all, cause like there's, um, there's like a thing called a love map that we all have. And it's like, um, so when, when we're presented with love at like very young ages, um, like two or three is when we start really developing our, our sense of love and our love map. And it's usually from our parents and it's from people who raise us. Um, and it kind of dictates like how we give love and how we receive love and whether or not that's tied to touch and whether or not that's tied to like sex. So if you're experiencing trauma during like the first you know five yeah yeah um then it's like super ingrained into your your love map um so there's and then usually around like puberty is when we get our second like wind of our love map okay so that's when we can like decide okay my this is how my parents raised me for my love map this is how I'm going to present my love map to other people and that's when we kind of like get to decide who we're gonna like care about and um when our sexuality really starts to like blossom so like did you feel because you've, you've obviously always you you are who you are you've always been this way you know what I mean unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> no fortunately <laughs> so um I'm kind of curious if like the because I mean it was obviously ongoing but like did the trauma that you experienced do you feel like it affected um how do I explain this like do you feel like it affected um the early relationships that you had with sex with yourself (laughs) okay well um my trauma started just just for some for some hot background information. My trauma started around the time when I started puberty, which was eight. So, yeah, yeah, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, any any age is too early, but like, I I had boobs at age eight. Like that's that's too yeah. much. I'm still waiting for mine. I'm just y- kidding. You can you can have mine. I don't I mean, really. I don't. They're probably really. like rotten in a ditch somewhere, but <laughs> you can have them if you truly want them. No, I'm okay. Well, I, especially like having grown up in not the greatest household, I had loving parents for sure. I love my parents, but our relationship was not the greatest in terms of financial things, and like, I wasn't in the best mental place. wasn't really being taken care of there. So my love map growing up was definitely a bit skewed because <laughs> my my mother had a very, very hefty depression and she would spend most of her days in bed. So I didn't get to experience much of uh, love there. <laughs> no, it's not funny. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. But um, and as I had grown and reached puberty and I had met someone who wanted to take advantage of that, 
it really fucked me up because I. Caster yeah. has a lot of feelings about yeah, this. I, I get it. I get it, man. Where was I? It fucked you up. <laughs> it, it done fucked me up. <laughs> I um, I pretty much had these experiences with my rapist, one of the few, and it it like made me feel like I was a sexual object, like that is what I was, and I grew up very strongly feeling this way, very strongly feeling like. I I I masturbated a lot when I was younger. And that was like same <laughs> same. <laughs> and it was it was kind of like a buffer. It was a buffer in between like if I'm not pleasuring someone I have to pleasure myself almost. It was weird like it almost felt like I had to do it and especially at such a young age like I didn't even know. Like I had no concept of like really what was going on other than it feel good. And it never really felt bad until afterward. And that happened with most things that had happened. Yeah. I'm curious, um, I guess, to hear from both you and Adrian about kind of like some more positive things around sex and like how like maybe like how you've transitioned sexually in your transition, if at all, and maybe your relationship to your body, your views on sex, like stuff like that. Like, I'm really curious. Yeah, I can take the lead on that. Um, <laughs> so uh, positive things throughout my transition. Before I started transitioning, I was a very butch, like the butchest lesbian. Um, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Before that, it was, like, sex was very confusing to me because, like, there was always this, like, gender role and, like, I was the butch lesbian, so, like, I was the penetrator most of the time. Yeah, I was, like, the dominant one. Or, like, I mean, like, there was a time when I technically still identified as lesbian, but I was dating a cis man, um who I had lost my virginity to. And so, like, the roles in that relationship were so confusing for me because I had always I had always played this part of being the dom and being on top and taking control. Um, so, so as someone who is expected to be penetrated in this situation because a cis man, like, I feel like that really must have thrown you off yeah emotionally physically (laughs) yeah uh hello um so that was it it was just very hard to try and like um go through that and figure out where i fit in um so when i started transitioning and i started meeting more people and learning about gender identities and how um this all plays a role in sex um it was a lot easier for me to let go of um your preconceived notions yeah like based on like how you present yourself to the world doesn't always mean that you're going to present yourself that way in bed oh absolutely because like even though i may have um 
presented myself very masculine and like I can take control. I like to bottom a lot. Like I, you know, I like to be, (laughs) I like to be, um, I like to submit sometimes too. Um, like I'm very much a switch. So, um, it was kind of, it was kind of nice to kind of like, um, find that fluidity in sex and and to be able to switch it up i feel like i feel like if you end up learning more about yourself as a person your sexuality can change you can you can notice oh yeah different things about yourself and accept different parts about yourself like a more submissive side Mm -hmm. and a lot of people tend to feel that like people with vulvas are submissive because inherently woman yeah that's really really not how it works and that's never how it has worked right and and also like in the beginning of my transition um i was always kind of like blinded by this idea that i needed to be super masculine and that i i needed to fit this cis man role in society because I only knew about the binary. I didn't know about anything in between. And so I always tried to negate every single part of my femininity that, you know, it, it was almost non-existent. And so to kind of like integrate that back into my identity, it's kind of like cool to see where it fits in, um, in my personality in my style, um, and my outward appearance and how I interact with people so um yeah this conversation always makes me smile because i i've been transitioning for about five to six years now and at first i was a pretty feminine person i went from wearing dresses and (laughs) sorry adrian just turned the light on we were i think everyone can hear it too Amanda's <laughs> shocked. As as I'm someone like who has grown up incredibly feminine and coming out and accepting myself as trans, a- at first I thought I might be non-binary. Then I was just like, "Huh, this isn't sitting quite well with me." So then I like went whole hog, and I was just like, "Oh, that me transition is such. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a. It is an ever." molding experience it is always changing because even since then i found out that i'm not a man i'm a gender and who knows (laughs) maybe down the line i'm just gonna be like oh shit i'm a man again yeah i mean it's always like free-flowing and allowed to kind of like change like that um one thing that i noticed um when i started hormones is that it wasn't so much that my sex drive increased or like a lot of my emotional state changed. It was more of like who I found. What? Why are you laughing? Cause I was like, yeah, it was very increased. <laughs> I was already on testosterone for a year when I met you. I know. And it was really increased. <laughs> I've always had a high sex drive though. It was still really increased. <laughs> Hannah be knowing, Adrian. She knows something you don't know. Hannah knows. No. Not true. Um, 
It's always been like that. Um, <laughs> Beyond the point, Hannah. Well, well, I'm just like, as perspective, someone with you for almost four years, like when we first met, your sex drive was like, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> that was kind of scary sounding. <laughs> and then like, I've seen it transition into not being as as much. But I know that's because of like our dynamics and stuff. But still, I don't know. Continue your conversation. I don't think, okay, I don't think it has anything to do with me starting testosterone. They're about to brawl Um, across the room from us. But when I started testosterone, I found that my sexuality, not my sex drive, my sexuality, sorry, I had to give the glares, um, my sexuality changed from being only into women into being in to a varying amount of people like it didn't matter what your body type was what um sort of genitals you had or how you identified like that part of my brain chemistry totally took a 180 yeah i've, I've heard that from a lot of people i i personally can't relate because i've always viewed myself as pansexual when i was younger i was bisexual then I was just like oh I might be a lesbian I love women and then I was just like I saw a dick and I was just like "Ooh, wait hold on <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw a cystic excuse me but and then after realizing that I was trans I was just like oh well that makes a lot more sense gender wise but sexuality wise I'm still the same well, but after, especially especially after taking tea my sex drive went through the roof yeah and um I know like notoriously obviously not for everyone but like if you're on testosterone, you're se- a lot of people's sex drive, like majority of people who are on testosterone, their sex drive is through the roof. That just wasn't my story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think like from my view as someone who's not, I, does not have a big sex drive. I viewed him as having a very intense sex drive. So it probably obviously wasn't related to the testosterone, but maybe I linked it to that because that's, only thing that made sense to me because I was trying to find a reason for it because I'm like I don't understand I can't relate so um I'm curious though because I feel like a lot of people um who are on testosterone or maybe transitioning to more trans masculine um I feel like a lot of folks um who are transitioning that way kind of have that change in sexuality but I'm curious if it has anything to do with testosterone and all that stuff in the whole transition or does it have to really do with oh I like I'm allowed to be who I am and also just like fuck gender fuck society you know like you're you're in you're being revolutionary in general just being yourself and being able to reclaim that and claim that in general and I think like once you're part of like the trans and queer community and non-binary community and gender non-conforming community all the communities like you're really rewriting everything for yourself because there's no there's no place that tells you this or that about yourself, you know? So it's like, oh shit, cool. I'm allowed to have this sexual attraction or romantic attraction to someone that I might not have before my transition because I was still living in those scripts that society tells me I have to be. But mm-hmm. you're literally being revolutionary by being yourself in this community. So So what was your question? I don't really know. <laughs> I guess I answered my own question. I don't know. Adrian, talk. I don't know. He seems so mad at me now. No, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I just don't know where to go from there. Well, I do. Um, so, 
This is so awkward, you guys. Why are you like... No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I actually had an epiphany for myself at the trans conference um, mm-hmm. while I was sitting in a class. Do you want me to share it with you? Sure. So it's a baby epiphany because I'm still trying to brew it and like understand are you, it. Are you? Oh, for a second I was just like, are you baby crazy? Oh God, like, no. Are you gonna get pregnant? No, pregnant. <laughs> Pregnant. <laughs> no. Regente. Not for many many years. Um. So I was sitting in this class and like it just like dawned on me. We we're all obviously talking about sex. That's why I'm like, let's talk about sex for everything. Um. And I kind of, like, figured out. So I've always thought that, like, my um, obstacles that I face, like, with sex and sensuality and, like, intimacy relationally, um, I've always thought that was, like, derived only from my, like, trauma, um, which it definitely, I mean, obviously I have a lot to heal through that. But I kind of had the epiphany that um, it's right now more surrounding my gender um, and how I am a gender so i i have no gender and i don't like there are no sexual scripts for someone like me oh, so absolutely. i'm like i'm like how do i sex you know and it like i have so much pressure and like anxiety around sex because I don't have anything telling me how I have to perform. So i like freak out cuz i'm like what do i do? Oh my gosh. And like it's i think that's almost more affecting me right now than my trauma, which doesn't help. But I just feel like I don't know like how to sex. I, I can definitely relate to that because as someone else who is a gender, however, a gender trans masculine, I, I, there's like, again, there's like nothing for me there. there. There's no information out there, but it's like, there doesn't necessarily have to be information out there yeah but it wouldn't it would be nice but either way it's like you you write your own script yeah and when it comes to sex you you be the top you be the bottom you be the switch you be on the fucking ceiling like you do what you you do you yeah like there doesn't have to be a cooker cutter this is how you have sex to like make people but like i mean i know you have a lot of words about this well i was just gonna say like when you're when you grow up from a young age being told boys do this and girls do that mm-hmm. like what are you gonna do when you're like but i am not nope none of that yeah <laughs> Just, exactly. or i'm somewhere in the middle can i be both and also hey, like when the entire me? world like, is just like disregarding your experience like how are you like how do you find confidence in that to reclaim your body to love your body to like find pleasure like i'm struggling with that because i don't fucking feel seen you know like i'm not even here to most people so it's like and if i am here they view me as a cis straight woman yep and that's not me and that makes me feel even more unseen you know i i definitely i can relate to that too especially like um anytime i go out with my best friend who is non-binary but incredibly feminine Mm they're 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 comfortable in that femininity they don't want to change anything about themselves but they are non-binary they go by they then pronouns and they struggle you cannot see gender they struggle all of the time working in a corporation where like people constantly are just like she they're over there thank you miss like i'm none of those things and especially me as a trans man who honestly giving myself credit i'm not that masculine but i'm okay with that 
I'm okay with not being masculine, but anytime I'm next to them, I feel like people always look at us like a lesbian couple. Yes. Like I'm the butch and they're the femme, but like they they identify as lesbian, but I'm neither of those things. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I actually got, um, I didn't get misgendered at the trans conference, but I had a couple people ma'am me and also like call me girl. And I was just like, we're at the trans conference. I'm literally wearing my pronouns on my body. Like, so it was like really weird. Surprising. That's really surprising. But it was like people who came in to like sell stuff. And I don't think they're, I think they were just like there for capitalism. Oh yeah. No, I, and not like caring really much, but, um, it was interesting because I went with my best friend, Marion, and shout out to Marion. I know you're listening right now. I love you. <laughs> you know, you got me sick. You bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> love you. Um, <laughs> um, we went to the trans conference together and literally like our Uber driver thought, or I think we're in Lyft. Doesn't matter, I guess. Um, he was like, how long have you been married? And we're like, Whoa. <laughs> but then like, I was like, I had an identity crisis. I'm like, holy shit. I look queer when I'm next to you. And I don't, I'm not used to this. No one ever thinks I'm queer. I'm literally like, look at me, I'm queer. But like in this space, all these people are viewing us as a queer couple because you're feminine, you know? And like, I'm always standing next to Adrian. So no one sees me as queer. Oh God, God. (laughs) So I was like, this is amazing. But at the same time, I'm like awkward or best friends. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, (laughs) there was, there was this one, there was, there was this one point in time where she loves my my aforementioned friend them and i were in a thrift store and a woman came up to us and was like mother and daughter mother and daughter i almost shot my pants i was just like so number one i didn't know who was supposed to be the mother and who was supposed to be the daughter <laughs> you're like <laughs> and num- can you elaborate uh, uh, whatever can can you elaborate, can you elaborate real quick elaborate. but i like turned around and i didn't know that she was talking to me but we were like the only people in the store so i'm just like huh and she was just like mother mother and daughter yeah I was just like, no, <laughs> you couldn't be further from the truth. What the hell? Was this like an employee? No, no, no. Just someone that came in. And then she proceeded to tell me all about scrapbooking, which I did not sign up for, by the way. I was just looking for a nice set of plates. Ooh, can I tell you something that happened to me today at the gynecologist? I thought that you were going to start talking about plates. And I was just like, yeah, no, talk about some nice plates Sorry, you got. Not plates. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, God, anytime I get, like, anytime, like, the prospect of going to the gyno comes up, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get misgendered. Hey. Yeah, I just shrivel up and die. Yeah, no, like, I, I've been avoiding my pap smear for, I don't even want to say how Three long. Years. I'm just kidding. Um, well, marked safe from a pap smear. I didn't need one today. Did not know. So I brought my lubricant and everything and didn't even need to be oh, inserted. She was ready to get all lubed up. Nothing needed to be to. inserted today. So I was like, sweet. You're just going to touch my boobies and my bits. Like, cool. Um, so no, I don't know. It was still uncomfortable. I don't know. That was kind of weird. Whatever. Yeah, so, um, the, not my doctor is awesome. Um, but the person who came in before the doctor, um, she was like going over my information and she's like, do you have more than one partner? I'm like, no, I'm married and, um, to in monogamous right now. And, uh, she was like, it says here that your partner is a trans man. What does that mean? Can you elaborate? And I'm like, it means that he was assigned female at birth and identifies as a man. She's like, okay, I just wasn't sure if it was the other way around. She's like, I have a couple of friends who are trans. No. no. And there, I'm like, cool good for you but don't make me try to understand it 
And I was like, wait, 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 wait. hold, hold. The she's phone. like, I just don't understand it. You don't have to. I'm like, I just told you my part, my spouse is trans and you're telling me you don't want to understand it and you're not going to try to understand it. Like she can have her fingers up me and I would just like slip off of the table. <laughs> I would like be running out with my pants around my ankles like I'm out of here. Oh, but I was on that medical professional. But though. Also, like, holy shit. Like asked you dot com. I, I literally. <laughs> But literally, though, like at first I was like, well, I mean, if you wanted to understand their experience, you would ask the individual because it's different for everyone. So that's what I said. That was my like feedback. But like I like processed it because, you know, you're sitting there alone, naked ass on that that thing. You are more than vulnerable. Looking at the stirrups, you're like, I know I got to get in there soon. And you're like, your phone's on the other side of the room with your clothes. before it started Yes. And like. I would be running out there. I was like processing. But she's not my, she's not my, like my actual gyno. She was just like the pre-person. My gyno's awesome. But that's why I drive 45 minutes to go see her. Um, So I was like processing and I'm like, I should have called her ass out. I should have said, and I was like, should have, should have, should I was thinking all these things. I should have said, well, you are a medical professional, so you should actually learn about these humans because you're going to come face they to face exist. with them and they exist. It's not like matters. they're just in your periphery. I know. Like, I know a trans person. <gasps> okay, good for I you. I burped while I exhaled angrily. <laughs> also, what kind of friend is she? What kind Terrible. of friend are you if you're like cool for you that you're trans but don't expect me to learn nothing about you literally like, i was like is that how friendship works nowadays i don't like friends now mm, like, <laughs> like, i don't want any friends anymore <laughs> i don't know and also can we talk for a moment just segueing into a completely different direction of like how some people they're just like oh i have a trans friend and then they start divulging information about the person like they yes. used to go by this yes. but now they go by this and it's yes. just like i think it's or They'll be like, um, oh, so I have this friend and like they used to be uh, um, my friend's daughter, but now they go by a man. And then as they're like talking about them, they still use the she, her, her <laughs> pronouns. I and I, I like stop them for so, like they do it about five times and then I stop them. And I'm like, OK, but from this point on, they go by he, him. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like okay, you just explained it yourself. You just explained it. So what do you not get other than being just blatantly disrespectful? I'm like such a shady bitch when people do this in front of me because they'll be like, "Yeah, my friend's son is a a trans girl now. He and I'm like, "Okay, stop right here." I said, "You and I always correct them. I'm like, "So your friend's daughter yeah, no. is trans." <laughs> I've definitely had the experience she, where I just like I give said, a look. I said, "Continue." I literally, and I'm not like a very assertive person at all, but when it comes to this shit, I'm like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I'm like, this is the hill that I will die on. <gasps> I just like to point out that we all use the like white lady Karen needs a manager <laughs> voice when we're talking about. <laughs> when Karen, you are called out. <laughs> My son's daughter, friends, like, mm, um, I'm going to call a manager. <laughs> Like, Who is the manager? We all use the same exact voice. Just want to like throw that out there. Don't be a Karen. <laughs> and if your name's Karen and you're a really good person, I'm I'm sorry. Whoever the name. manager is, I would like to talk to them. No, excuse oh. me, him or her. Wh- whoever the manager is, I would like to talk to him or her. 
No, they usually say him because they assume it's a man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. True. It's okay. Something, something, the patriarchy. Something I do want to know before we finish our conversation, though, that like sex is not about our genitals. It's really not at the end of the day. I love that we just like looped back to this. With I know. We're like, no let's get okay. back. <laughs> it's just so like, oh, shit. We got into a good conversation. We got to back up real quick. <laughs> it doesn't have to be about the genitals, but also like basically people assume that sex is about your genitals relating to another person and that's it. So I just think it's important for us to talk about that too. We literally took over. We're like, Karen. Okay. Sex is not about genitals. We're like, this is our really long side note. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so awkward. I have notes. That was a really long side note. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I feel like we can talk about this all night, but no, yeah, no, seriously. I could be here for the next three days talking about it. Literally. I know. I'll just pull out a cot and like hang out and then we'll sleep and then we'll get back. We have up an extra we'll bedroom. We just need then, to like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't it. have it right now though. Okay. <laughs> no, we do, but it's, it's, it's like just... a telethon where we talk the be. entire night just about sex oh my god and into the morning i would love that okay i love talking about sex yeah no no me too so as a a scorpio it's in my blood it's running through my blood i am just like such a sexual person and i have like one outlet to talk to it about so i just i need i need need which is me at work (laughs) (laughs) yeah anytime hannah is just like Something, something buttholes. I'm just like, oh, I'm zoomed the fuck in. I don't care that it's 5.30 a.m. I'm awake. We love to talk about doom holes at work. Um, <laughs> that was an inside joke. If you don't know, then you're not cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to. I think it's important to talk about sex because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel more empowered and confident. Um, and someone who is not very confident around sex, like it really makes me excited. And this is something that Adrian and I, I feel, I recently started calling our self as a couple out because because of our our obstacles surrounding sex we shut down we both shut down and we like don't talk about it so it's like mom's word it's not gonna happen we don't talk about it nope bye so lately I'm like nothing's gonna get better if we don't just start talking about it absolutely but like I feel like there's that fear that talking about it means you have to have sex and I also understand that fear of talking about it and like not necessarily coming to a head of a conversation. Like sometimes the conversation is ongoing. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have had just that relatable feel of, (laughs) of just like, I wouldn't even say not talking about sex, but just like, I love talking about sex. I love having sexual experiences. And sometimes I find myself just not discussing it when I feel like I should be like, like I I want to be. So it's like, I should be. I think it's easy to talk about sex in like generalized terms. And I like talking about it with Adrian and stuff, but like, I feel like I fantasize a lot. Like my fantasy sex life is like, bound check all. She's a whole different person. Like I'm, it's fun and like crazy and like all these things and like it's and then I'm like okay if Adrian just walked in the door right now like he'll be great the fantasy will be real life and then I think about it I'm like how would I actually feel if that happened would I even Adrian walks in and farts and takes up a chair and he's just like I'm home (laughs) well like 
so it's like I and then like I'll tell Adrian like oh like I've been having these fantasies and he's like well tell me about them and I'm like Ooh. oh god if anyone asked me about my fantasies I'd just be like uh, uh. okay here here is an example of Hannah and size Hannah and I's sexting oh, oh my god I thought they were gonna so say bad. Hannah's fantasies and I, was I like, put Whoa. in this long descriptive paragraph Might as well be a essay. Fan Yes. Do you know what I get back? This is what I get back. Okay. Okay, so he sends this like sexy thing and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm too awkward for sex talk. I'm just saying. But okay, sex talk in dirty, dirty talk. Okay, I can talk about sex. Obviously, I just spent an hour and a half doing it. But my response back is, oh, that feels nice or that sounds nice. And then he'll be like, what would you do? And like, that's it. And then he's like, well, what would you do to me? And I'm like, uh, I push you up against the wall and I kiss your neck and I'll like, yeah, (laughs) so I'm too bad. I'm oh my God, Hannah. I don't even know if we can continue this conversation because I'm so hard right now. (laughs) Like, I don't think I can be in the same room as you guys as you're sexting. What's that noise? Why me, are you sorry. doing lawn mowing work it, it at 8.30? It's a chop song. It's a chop song? Or I don't know. Actually, it's a circular song. Well, <laughs> I don't know what a saw is. I'm just kidding. I do, but whatever. Um, 8.37, someone's sawing outside our window. Regardless, <laughs> I'm bad at sexting. <laughs> I'm bad at dirty talk. I don't accept lap dances. I'm just awkward. I'm too awkward to do these things right now. Maybe I'll be better. I have anxiety around it. Like anytime it comes to like initiating, I freeze up like a little bitch. I'm over here just like, I want to do this. I want to initiate this conversation because my relationship is long distance. Sometimes like all you have is through text. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're not comfortable on video because the FBI man will see me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I can never looking at me right now. You hear that? No. <laughs> Just initiating the conversation, initiating the experience is next to impossible when you have hashtag anxiety, hashtag trauma. Sorry. And like, <laughs> Same. Yeah. This isn't Twitter, but I'm putting the hashtags there for emphasis. It's, I mean, it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely difficult. And it's like, I don't feel sexy. I don't feel confident. And like, yeah, no. How, and I feel like that's where like at the end of the story kind of thing like not really though like we need to find confidence in ourselves and like build ourselves up because like how are we gonna be able to continue to grow in our sex life to continue to grow in our confidence around sex if we're not confident in our own body if we're not confident around our identities if we don't feel seen by even ourselves continuing to embrace the person that you are and the things that you enjoy and indulging in those things that you enjoy instead of knocking them and create sex for you regardless of stereotypes or expectations exactly like your pleasure is yours and it's not yours because you are 
male, female, trans, mm-hmm. queer, anything. Anyone. Like, fuck all and that. And it's not inherently wrong just because the person that you're with or sharing sexual experiences with doesn't like that or that's not one of their kinks. Oh, God. Yes, for sure. Because I've got a lot of whack ass things going on with myself. Hannah, don't make that I'm face. Not good. I'm not going to say anything, but <laughs> I tease them all the time at work. It's so funny. <laughs> To, to make a long story short, because I will divulge this information, oh, yay. I like things the size of my fist, <laughs> and sometimes we get carrots that are very large, and Hannah's just like, Ooh, Kate, are you going to take that home? And I'm like, yes, Hannah, I am. And then I'll be like, sorry, it's actually not big enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I do. I'm like, maybe put two together, and that'll be better. <laughs> yeah, I'm maybe if we an get asshole. an eggplant or something. <laughs> But and literally, our, every time our kid is like, Hannah, shut up! And I'm like, <laughs> like holding the carrots up. <laughs> Perks of working in a vegan restaurant. Um, so, um, <laughs> to, to reel it back <laughs> just a little. Um, so, at the end of the day, good sex does not need love. It doesn't need wet pussies. doesn't need hard dicks. It doesn't need orgasms. It does not need penetration. And it does not need a perfect body either what you've got quotes on there perfect body because nothing's perfect bitches except me <laughs> what were you gonna say except me. <laughs> oh that's what you said I'm like if you're whispering i can't hear you i'm all the way over here so um this is our call to action for everyone listening start to dismantle these negative and toxic ideas around sexual scripts and and this is not only for queer and trans people like if you're listening and you're like I can't relate a lot to like to the identities but like if you're having sex you can pull so much information out, out about what we were just talking about you don't have to be queer you don't have to be trans you don't have to be gender non-conforming sex is sex okay we're all having sex unless you're not and that's fine too you know and I think like we need to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves we need to stop letting society tell us what we're doing is right or wrong and just all i'm asking is to relax your damn body and to feel pleasure with yourself with your partner with partners and just really tune into your body and tune into your sexual experiences and feel pleasure and as always you deserve the pleasure that you want and you deserve relaxation you as a person as someone with needs as a being that breathes with a heartbeat and if you want to have a fist inside of you take a fist inside of you if you you want want an eggplant inside inside of of you (laughs) put an eggplant in there if you don't want nothing in there then don't put nothing in there just clean it first yeah, just clean it first. And a- and after. <laughs> Please. Please. We don't want any pesticides up in there, okay? No one's going to let you cook for them. Any- <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> They're going to be like, you're going to be like, I'm cooking carrots and eggplant for dinner. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go out to eat tonight. <laughs> Arcade, where have those Brussels sprouts been? Oh, <laughs> that's a new one, but no shame. So True. Gotta do your Kegels. They're vegan Benoit balls. <laughs> a natural Benoit ball. <laughs> so, 
I don't know. I'm feeling good about this conversation. We're definitely going to come back for more. Um, if you have any kind of uh, feedback for us, if you want us to talk about anything in particular, please reach out to us on our Instagram at Gray Awakenings or reach out to our email at grayawakenings at gmail.com. I brain farted for a second. Um, you can find me on Instagram at inclusively Hannah and you can find me on Facebook at Hannah Gray or no, just Hannah Gray. Um, where can you find where can we find you, Adrian? I am on Instagram at Transpirational Healer. And on Facebook, I am Adrian Gray. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, not too taboo Amanda. And you can search Amanda Drew on Facebook and find me. And you can find me if you so choose. At dead80s, not spelled out, just dead80s on Twitter. I'm also that on Instagram, but I don't use it too much, so you won't find much there. (laughs) Um, And if you are listening on iTunes, I highly, highly suggest you to rate us five stars so we can bump up and more people can listen to us, please. Because what is wrong, what is like not worth rating five stars about queer people talking about queer sex? Right, like... Bye. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, please subscribe to our podcast. Please, please, please share it with your friends and family. Uh, we want to reach as many homes and ears as possible. So. And compliment my art. Yeah. Tip your waiters and yeah. waitresses. Yeah. And wait. Do you have a Patreon twas. or something? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. So, look out for some fun things coming up for Grey Awakening soon. And we love you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.